Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Vid Muller. Hello, everybody. Vid here from Success Inspired Podcast. And today I've got another amazing guest on the show as part of the series about freedom lifestyle. As you've heard, some of the past episodes I've interviewed uh, people living um, on the boat. So uh, today, my guest today is a couple in their mid-late 50s who have been living aboard there, <clears throat> who have been living aboard their 40-foot catamaran Ocean Fox and sailing the world's oceans for two and a half years. What started as a crazy idea of Carla, who'd never sailed a day in her life, just two days after their wedding, turned into an adventure sailing over 24,000 nautical miles in 30 months, visiting many countries, and they have documented their journey in more than 200 videos on their YouTube channel. They have since become an inspiration for retired couples looking for sea change, proving that it's never too late to have an adventure. Please welcome to the show, Simon and Carla from Sailing Ocean Fox. Simon, Carla, great to have you on the show today. Where are you guys today? Where are you docked? We're on the south coast of uh, Portugal, which is called the Algarve. We're actually in a marina, which is quite unusual for us because we, we're normally out on the anchor. But the uh, the weather is we've got a bit of a blow coming through, so uh, it's it's best to be in the marina. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, how did how did this happen? How did you guys decide to jump into <laughs> jump into boat and, and decided to live the life on the boat? How did that all happen? Well, I suppose it goes back six years, really, isn't it? We met yeah. six years ago. I always say we met at the ticket barrier at a railway station, but that's where we met the first time. But the reality is we really met online. And around about 18 months, two years? Yeah. yeah. Two years later, we got married in Barbados. And we had our four grown-up children with us. Carla's got two daughters. I've got a son and a daughter. They're all in their uh, 20s. And we're lying on the sunbed, as you do, two days after we got married. And Carla sort of pops a question over the rum punch and says to me, do you fancy selling the house and uh, sailing the seas? And uh, I have to admit, I had to think about it for a long time, all of about two seconds. And then (laughs) said, yeah, okay, let's do it. But I I don't think I actually, I don't think either of us really realised how deep it was, isn't it? No, no, no. no, no. Neither of us really realised what uh, we uh, were committing ourselves to at that point. Mm. Um, that's how it actually came about. Yes, that's how it, how did it start. So Carla, when you asked Simon, Simon, when you when you heard that question, was it like your answer? Was it like you know sometimes people just say, "Yeah, let's do it," or like just sort of half you know half serious, or um, oh, I knew she was serious. Um, but I had actually sailed uh, for quite a few years, although I hadn't had a boat for over fifteen uh, years. And my sailing had taken me across the English Channel, which at the very most was around about 100 nautical miles. Mm-hmm. And I kind of sat there for the next uh, week or two on the beach and thinking, my word, well, we, well, we actually uh, committed ourselves to here. Because to go from what sailing experience I had, and Carla had absolutely I, I didn't none, have any experience, no, no, not at all. None whatsoever. To uh, crossing an ocean, it was a huge, uh, a huge sort of step up, a huge challenge. Yeah. And but, but from there, we just committed ourselves and we, we made did. it happen. Yeah. Uh, it took yeah. us 18 months, but we just uh, yeah. made it happen. We just yeah. uh, did all the right steps. 
it was like a sort of burning ambition got inside yeah. us. And uh, by the time we got back to uh, dark and grey winter in the UK, yeah. we set about actually really thinking to ourselves, how are we going to do this? Uh, how are we going to make this happen? And we set ourselves a time scale of two, two, 18, two years. Two years. Yeah, yeah two, two years to years. flip another house and, and, and get enough money up together to fortify the boat. But as it actually happened, we decided to leave on our venture 15 months later because the housing market was having a bit of a dip at the time. And so we crammed everything into 15 months, which was an awful lot, really, wasn't it? To get ourselves ready. Yes, yeah. We first of all, I didn't have a, a, a license, so to speak, because in the UK, you don't need one. And uh, but as soon as you go to some countries, uh, Portugal's one, for example, Croatia's another, and some of the Caribbean islands, you, you or, or Caribbean countries, you actually need a, a, a ticket to say that you're competent. And I needed to learn something before yeah, we go. Carla knew nothing, so we signed up on a sailing course for a week in the uh, Mediterranean that summer, and uh, so Carla learned uh, basic rope handling and crewing uh, and some basics about sailing and man overboard and that sort of thing. And uh, I still didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true, you know. I mean, you go on some of these courses and you think you're going to learn, you know, by the end of the week, you're going to be sailing the seven seas, so to speak. But no, it didn't happen like that for us. But we managed to get enough together to give ourselves some certificates so that we were, we were on paper qualified. If you yeah. Yeah. And then we had to sell the house. We had to sell our cars. Yes, yes. Uh, we had to put uh, our furniture. We gave the, most of the furniture to the kids, uh, between mm. the four kids. We mm-hmm. put the rest of the things we really like it in a storage. 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 We gave stuff to charity shops. We stole stuff yeah. on eBay. Yeah. And eventually we managed to find ourselves a boat in about the beginning of March. And by the 28th of March, we were sitting on the boat in Croatia, yeah. having bought it. It all happened very quickly at the very end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's Quite difficult to buy a boat, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's surprising how difficult yeah. it becomes to buy a boat, even if you've got the cash sitting there. Okay. What goes into buying a boat? What, what is the difficult part uh, about it? Well, what the, the normal procedure is that uh, you make an offer, the offer is accepted, or there's some bartering. You then pay a deposit, which gives you time to have the boat surveyed, like you'd have a house surveyed. And then you, if, you know, everything goes okay, you then pay the money and you, you take the key, so to speak. But we were buying a boat in Italy originally, and uh, we, we, we thought we'd done a deal with the guy, and then we, we paid the deposit, and we thought we were we were there, you know, we were we we we'd done this deal, but actually that only gave us the right to negotiate in Italy. So basically, you pay a deposit to show that you're serious. And two weeks after that, the guy wouldn't sell us the boat, so it all fell through. We managed to get our deposit back, but it did mean that we only had two weeks to find a boat, which was really quite difficult. Yeah. It was all a bit stressful because we paid ten percent of yeah. uh, the boat, you know, the heavy deposit, so we needed that money back. Yeah. And uh, it was a bit of stress too, but yeah. they, they were all serious and yeah. they gave us the money back. But it's just, yeah. you don't sleep until you have the money. Yeah, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we found this boat in Croatia and uh, Carla was still working at the time. So she said to me, go down there and don't come back unless you bought it. So I went down there. And <laughs> because at that time we had a week to leave the house and we had no, nowhere to go. So yeah. we really had to buy something. Yeah. Right. So everything was organized. You were basically, everything was lined up to be sold. And so you had nothing 
no safe, like not, not safety net, but you had no work. I mean, two weeks. It took two, it, it, in the end, it was two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Packing everything up. We got a, a trucking company from Serbia. They came to London and uh, collected everything. And uh, anyway, 10 days later, they delivered it perfectly to the boat yeah. in Croatia. Yeah. I mean, we did think we'd probably never see it again, yeah. you know, all our belongings. But yeah, they yeah, just turned they up. Were just, and, yeah. uh, they're okay. absolutely fantastic, actually. So, yeah, it was all a bit of a sort of stressful uh, thing, you know. And then we, we Carla had never seen the boat. No. But we had a good idea of what it was like. but We knew exactly which boat we wanted. Yeah, so yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. And then the next exciting thing was actually getting it out of the marina for the first time, wasn't it? Because yeah. this thing was huge to us. <laughs> I mean, this boat was enormous, you know. And it was parked or moored in a very expensive marina and uh, with expensive boats around it yeah. <laughs> and it was a very windy day the first day we had to get it out we were sort of going to go out and turn left and in fact we went out and we got swept right by the wind and then we had to reverse out and, oh my word it was so stressful yeah yeah, yeah. but we didn't hit anything so we yeah. were okay <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing yeah. now, i want to go back a little bit before before this new lifestyle that you live now just to give people a bit of a perspective what what were what were you guys what were your careers what were you doing just people you know thinking yeah. about listening to you you guys are in your you know in your, in your 50s somebody might be listening to it and like how what's different about you guys that that made you you know like to take on this venture like just just give us a bit of a backstory what what, what career you lived and what led to this I was a personal assistant working for lawyers in London so I had uh, about five jobs and I was working 80 hours a week it mm -hmm. was really, really busy. Yeah, so I think I just wanted to stop that and enjoy life, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, just to be clear, I'm in my 60s, actually, early 60s. But I think we wanted, some, we wanted something to be special about our relationship. And we didn't want it to be just the same thing, going to work and, you know, coming home. And then Friday night, you have friends around and all that sort of thing. And Saturday morning, you go to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, it was so fresh and new. And, and we, were, we were kind of so much in love with each other that we, we, we just wanted something special. And I think as soon as this idea came up, we just both sort of jumped yeah. on it and went, we just yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do something different with our lives instead of just the general routine, you know. And I think we just both got to that point in our lives. Kids were they're all in their sort of mid to late 20s now and at the time they, they looked like there was a window between they were all they've all got jobs they've all got uh, boyfriends or girlfriends and they they're living somewhere if you know what i mean whether they're buying a house or renting mm -hmm. and it just looks like there's an opportunity for us to go off for a few years before our grandchildren start coming along you see you see mm -hmm. so it kind of like all kind of fitted together that there would be this gap that we could actually go and, and, and do just something. just to be clear we are not wealthy people no not we, at all. we no. sold the house and bought the boat so yeah. that's we yeah. just uh, move things around yeah. and we made it happen so yeah. mm -hmm. we are not wealthy like uh, okay we're just gonna buy a boat now no that no. didn't happen like no there's a lot of people sitting on this marina that this is their boat and they've got a couple of houses and things like that that they mm -hmm. rent out it's not our case no, it's not our case at all mm -hmm. uh, just going back on what i used to do i used to be uh, a director of a corporate events company so we used to stay corporate events basically all around the world I did sporting events for the English rugby things like that for football and I've worked in 44 countries and I the last really big event I did was in 2013 when we staged a G8 summit in London so 
you know, I, I had a whole career of probably 40 years. I started off working in the theatre and then moved into the events industry. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, to be honest. I did a lot of travel. And I think that also kind of inspired me to uh, do this with Carla when she when she mentioned it, because I've travelled a lot in my life and I think travel is wonderful. Carla's actually lived in all over the place yeah. and, and travelled a lot. So I think that helped to make our decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So both... Both of you have a quite a quite a strong career in in the corporate world. You've been you've yeah. been you've been working your whole lives. Yeah. Seems like this is the opportunity to really explore life, not having to worry about work. Having said that, though, now that you no longer work, how do you keep up with your day to day expenses? Uh, well, that's debatable that we not work. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We we actually work a lot because we decided to grow our YouTube channel. So uh, it has been much more work than we were expecting at the beginning. Mm. And uh, at some point we had to decide, are we going to make this a business or not? We're just going to do this once in a while. So we decided to go for a business. Yeah, we we decided before we left that we would uh, do the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was there's more than one reason for doing it. One is undoubtedly it can, if you're very successful, give you a lot of cash. For us, we don't get that much money out of it. We make enough money to, to pay for the diesel that goes in the tank and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, also we feel that so many people actually love following us and they've kind of like really bought into uh, the idea and what we're doing that we, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're not exactly celebrities, I wouldn't say that, but the people who are fond of us and they like us. So that, that's encouraging. And we meet people along and the way. So many people we have been inspiring to do this yeah. live. So it's yeah. so grateful yeah. to just to, to yeah. see that, that we can inspire someone. At our age, we can actually inspire people at the same age, younger, uh, older, to start in doing something I mean, for themselves. We, we've had two or three people come up to us and say, you're the reason why I'm here on yes. my boat. Yes. Because, you know, I just couldn't get over your adventure and that so, is just so yeah. you know yeah that's quite good yeah. and also we've doc we're documenting it for our children and our grandchildren yes, and uh, uh, they'll be able to see what my parents or grandparents they have in a way yeah. killing two birds with one stone yeah absolutely yes, absolutely. absolutely yeah i love yeah. it i love it so what type yeah. what type of videos can people expect when they uh, get on your channel we do a variety of videos actually most of our videos we do a weekly video which is really about our life where we are, the problems, the issues, the maintenance, the shopping, every single thing really that goes into living, living a life afloat. And it, it, it just goes through chronologically through starting our adventure in uh, Croatia, moving on to Montenegro, moving to Greece, Italy, uh, Spain, Gibraltar, and then out into the Atlantic and crossing the oceans and all around the Caribbean and Panama and everything, everywhere yeah, you can really. Yeah. And we also do more for the aspiring yachtsmen, I think, a program once a week called How To. So we tell you all sorts of things <clears throat> that we've learned uh, from living on the boat, how to actually repair, fix, maintain things. Um, ah. And in addition to that, for our patrons, they get another program, which is a kind of behind the scenes program, and where we tell them a little bit more about what's actually going on uh, behind the scenes. So we actually produce three programs a week, which in terms of preparing the um, programs is probably around about four, four days work for us. So mm-hmm. it is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You got to record, you got to edit, you got to publish yeah. it, you got to promote it, yeah. social media, yeah. all that type of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, which is and like, then, 
quite interesting really for us because I was never really into social media at all. In fact, I didn't even go on Facebook until we got till about when we were on holiday getting married. And Carla said, you really ought to be on Facebook. So I said, okay, I'll go on Facebook. But here's one thing, posting your thing on social media and putting some pictures up of the kids or a happy party or something like that. But when you actually start to try and use social media to promote, it gets a way lot more complicated. It's a new world, isn't it? It's been a hell of a big learning curve curve. to to take on. It's been fascinating. It's been interesting. We've learned an awful lot. I absolutely love it. I just love, love to do that. She's a a corporate guru on on social media. And in a way, it kind of sucks you in, right? Once you start getting into the whole online stuff, you start creating content, the first thing you might start with YouTube and then you go traditional social media channels, but then you start taking it further. I assume you guys have a website as well, so then you maybe Yeah, we have a website and, and uh, we both have blogs and uh, it's quite interesting really because I normally write a blog about uh, four or five days a week, but then you're you're kind of chasing the numbers with your blog on how many people you've reached, you know, and then you think, well, I didn't do bad this week. I've, I've actually reached 200,000 people have read my stories or, or, or 60,000 people have read it on around the world on one particular day. And then you get the feedback coming in, which, yeah, you get some, you know, nasty feedback, but on the whole, most of it is extremely positive. And you just learn to deal with that over a period of time and then you just ignore it. And uh, it's the, that kind of, you know, is constantly chasing you and you get the sort of bite for it. Yeah. You? yeah. Mm. And I have so a healthy, healthy food uh, blog, uh, which uh, I show with pictures and I blog about uh, all the food we have on board. We mm. are on a low carb Mediterranean diet, a very strict diet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Tell me about that. I'm interested to know what was your diet like? It's, it's basically a plant-based food with a lot of fish because we catch a lot of fish on board. We used to, not here in Portugal. So we eat chicken too. We don't eat any red meat. But it's basically 80% of the, the plate is vegetables with uh, some, uh, some fish. Yeah, so it's what... And I was, uh, when Carla and I met, I didn't eat red meat then. So it was... It, it's, yeah, it's been fine for me, yeah. you know, isn't it's not because Carla does it, I do it, but I never ate red meat anyway. So mm-hmm. it's, it's worked out very well, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Carla has amazing recipes, like for example, dessert uh, recipes like banana ice cream and healthy chocolate brownies. They're amazing. Yeah. They are made with um, black beans, so it doesn't have any flowers uh, because I try to replace all the, the flowers with healthy flowers. Like tapioca? Or things uh, like that? Yeah, I, I use tapioca too, which is cassava flour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I use that one too. But I normally try to use, like, if it's for pastas, I use pea pastas, lentil pastas, or lentil, lentil flours, or just I go for the natural um, ingredients. I, don't, I try not to use, obviously, some recipes doesn't allow us to use the whole healthy stuff, but uh, I try to replace all the sugars with uh, healthy alternatives. Mm-hmm. She's looking good, isn't she, for 20? <laughs> You're both looking very healthy. I was going to ask you that this 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 diet that you're on, or the, or the the way of you know cooking these healthy meals. What is the the main reason? Is it for health, or is it because you enjoy how it tastes, or is there ethical reasons? 
behind not eating that many. I don't think there's an ethical reason, is there? No, particularly? no, we are not vegetarians or no. vegans no. or anything no. like yeah. that. It's just to be healthy. It's yeah. just it's really to be healthy. To be healthy. Yeah. 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 Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I want. I want to live another another forty years. <laughs> and, and also, having got onto this sort of diet, if you go for a, if you say, for example, go to uh, mm. a, a restaurant and you have. Uh, a lasagna or something like that afterwards you feel so bloated yeah. and so heavy yeah. and mm. it takes quite some time for you to get it through your system yeah. uh, whereas as you're eating more and more plant-based stuff and less sugar uh, sometimes you eat a, a cake or something and you go wow the sugar in this or, yeah. or something else the salt in it you know is so strong yeah. and generally speaking we're used to that as, as humans that's our diet and and actually when you you step back and go back to a sort of uh, more plant-based healthy yeah. healthy diet with less salt less sugar and then you have something that's quite incredible isn't yeah. it? you know always surprises me but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i used to eat all the rubbish that everybody else eats if i yeah, go and if we go on a holiday like yeah. we now we are about to go to london in two weeks so yeah. we're going to be a bit out of our normal diet yeah we'll binge and then we'll be fine that's okay but we yeah. try to to yeah. choose the healthier choices on the menus yeah. but it will go off for a bit that's okay because a week later we will come back to our yeah. normal diet yeah. so, absolutely yeah. now at the moment with the covid are you allowed to travel or are you in portugal oh, st- yes, stuck can. there because you can't travel we can travel there are some restrictions there's some restrictions for example we're going to go to london and stay with Carter's, Carla's daughters. But when we get there, we have to be in quarantine. So we're not actually allowed to go out and about, really. I think we can go for exercise, but that's it. But you have to do that for two weeks, but we're only going to be there for eight, nine days anyway. So then we'll come back. When we come back to Portugal, there's, there's no restrictions coming back into Portugal. Here, there's a curfew. A curfew at night between 11 and 5 a.m. And yeah. uh, on the high-risk uh, counties, uh, you can't travel during the weekend as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's pretty good. It's pretty good for... You have to wear masks uh, yeah. on the streets and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, one of the things. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah. yeah, disinfect your hands as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty it's uh, relaxed, really, yes. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's better than it is in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Now, if uh, let's talk about lifestyle now. If you were to compare, you know, your life up until before you decided to jump on the boat, what are some of the things that you've you've experienced being different? Obviously, from the most obvious stuff being on the boat, but how do you how do you what are some of the benefits that you're like really enjoying about living on the boat? The freedom. Mm-hmm. This is just uh, the life we have is just so much more freedom than we used to, isn't it? Yeah. Because the live outside, the exercise, the it's just it's just so good, isn't it? It's just and and, and going to the most stunning places yes. is 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 incredible because okay, a lot of people think that this is one big long holiday. Well, if for some people it probably is, but for us it isn't because we work quite a lot. But you're still traveling around. You're going to the most stunning places and going to places for example in the Caribbean islands that you might go by aircraft and stay in a hotel but when you go by boat it is completely different you really get under the covers of the island and uh, Mm. get inside it and meet the people and the organization there and you see it from a different perspective because because you're seeing it from outside looking in and we we interact with people much more than if you go on a holiday on these islands because we have to go in to buy food to buy gas to buy you know any Anything we need for the boat so we interact with them much more yeah. 
uh, then you just go on a holiday for a mm -hmm. week. But simply sitting there on the anchor and looking at the shore and the beaches is a completely different perspective to sitting on the sunbed and looking out at the yachts. Yeah. And I can yeah. imagine knowing that you're on your own boat, you're not on yeah. at some yeah. hotel, it's that's... And there was another thing, we used to be quite sociable and we had an awful lot of friends and we'd probably see, we'd have dinner or drinks or something with, with two lots of friends a week, for example. And that was one thing that concerned us. That You're was right. one thing that concerned us was that we'd miss that interaction with other people. But actually, in the, the boating world, it is so easy to meet other people. I mean, you just simply, I mean, we're British, so we have our red flag at the back with the Union Jack on. And uh, you can just go along to another boat, knock on the hull with the same flag to say, hi, do you want to come around for drinks later and that sort of thing? And all of a sudden, you know, there's friends you make and then we kind of follow them all around the world on their journeys. And then you meet them in the next port and things like that. So there's a real community going on throughout all the different we nations. We have much more yeah. friends now than we yeah. had at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's and amazing. Yeah. We've been in this marina for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, you know, we could socialize every night, you know, if we wanted to. Yeah. There's, there's, there's that many people here. Who, Sometimes who we, have to, we have to say, no, we're not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people living on the boat in the marina where you're at at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I should think there's around about uh, 20 or 30 couples living in the uh, Spending the winter. Yeah, spending yes. the winter, yeah. Excellent. And it's extremely mild. I mean, we are in Europe and we're not in the Caribbean. And uh, even so, we're getting... We're uh, still in shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Now, when you travel to places, when you decide to, um, to sail somewhere, do you have a particular system or do you kind of just, where you feel like you just go decide on that morning and you sail there? We, we, ha we have to plan a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of planning in yeah. it. I mean, uh, if, you're, if you're going, for example, uh, across the Atlantic, and so you're going from the Europe to the Caribbean, mm -hmm. then you've really got to put quite a lot of planning in that. You can't go 52 weeks of the year. You have to go at the right time of the year, which really is a sort of around about a three-month window, around about December, January, February time for ideal conditions. Because it's at least the minimum you can do is kind of two weeks at sea, and it could be three weeks at sea quite easily. So you, you need to be out there at the right time of year because you want the best weather you can possibly get. If you're just going between islands in the Caribbean, yeah, you can pretty well just sort of go, oh, should we go to Beckway today or something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because the wind is pretty constant most of the time in the sailing season. It always comes from the same direction. But you do need to do a bit of research. You, you need to know where you're going to make landfall and what the harbour or the marina or anchorages. the yeah. anchorages are going to be like yeah. and we have a set of pilot books which you collect which gives you all that sort of information and there's websites and websites, Facebook yeah. Yeah. Uh, groups and things which help you along so you do have to kind of get into it a little bit yeah, yeah. it's not just a matter of yeah. pointing and then you have to plan the food if you're going to cross the Atlantic you yeah. need a lot of planning uh, for the food and water yeah. Yeah. if you go to the Caribbean you need you still need a lot of planning with food because it's not everywhere that you find everything you want to no. so you always have to have a big stock up on the boat and compared with the prices here in europe food wise and booze wise the caribbean is ever so expensive yes i um, mean it's like three times as much as it is here is it i didn't know that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of examples yeah if you buy a loaf of bread in the caribbean it's going to be between five and seven dollars here you pay mm. 50 cents it's not in all the islands because no. the uh, french islands do tend to be cheaper but certainly a lot of them a loaf of bread could be five 
dollars and bananas can be so much more expensive which yeah. is incredible milk already. milk is five five dollars um, a, a pint. pint here is about 50p a liter yeah. is that because it's it's, it's on an island so it's it's, more, it's a bit more scarce i think, I, I think about a lot of it is actually uh tax on the import to the islands mm. um, because a lot of these islands they don't have uh, a sophisticated uh, tax policy they just tax things as they arrive and, and that's a way of collecting mm. um, yeah they don't really have an industry other than the tourism and so they rely yeah. a lot on on yeah. things yeah. like that and Mm. We kind of think that the Caribbean is just the Caribbean, but every island is a separate island pretty well. And they all have their little rules and regulations. Yes, yeah. And uh, they also have a different culture on many of the islands. I mean, if you take, for example, the Dutch islands of uh, Aruba, Bonaire and Curacao, they're very, very different in their culture mm. and the way they've uh, built their infrastructure and things like that. All the islands are different. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it safe? Have you ever been to an unsafe situation? We had. Yeah, it's not safe everywhere. No, uh, I mean the we, we the pirates of the Caribbean are real. Yeah, they really are real. We had some friends on a boat called Sea uh, Tramp, and we did an interview with them. It's in one of our programs, and they got set upon by pirates in Panama, and they absolutely ripped the boat apart, and they had guns and knives and attempted rape and all sorts of things. So there are areas that you do need to be careful. They are quite well documented. There's all sorts of things on uh, Facebook that comes up if there is a, uh, a pirate attack on a boat. And also you do need to take some precautions, yeah. not everywhere. But certainly some, uh, some pirates are areas we had to prepare yeah, the boat yeah, for the pirates yeah okay yeah. So, what does that what does that mean what do you when you say prepare um, the boat well, we sat down and analyzed what we uh, thought we needed to do uh, to make ourselves safer and our, our conclusion was that uh, we had to try and stop them getting on the boat yeah once uh, they are on, on the, the boat is nothing you can do you just really. uh, let them have wherever they um, want to but we have to stop them getting into yeah. the boat we're a british boat so we can't carry uh, firearms under British law, for example. Um, you can? No, no. You no, can't, can't. okay. No. Same thing in, in the UK, handguns are illegal, for example, and you can have shotguns and things, but they, you have to be locked. So, and you have to have licenses and all sorts of things. So anyway, so we, we're, we, we, we can't really have any firearms on board. Also, when you go to countries, you have to declare them and you have to hand them in and uh, life gets a little bit more complicated. So what did we do to prepare the boat? Well, we had smallish lines that we could throw off the back of the boat, which we would drag behind us, so that that will keep them away from the back of the boat because they'll get that line wrapped around their propeller and then they're, they're done for, so to speak. We had... With glass, broken glass on the scoops or on the boat? On the back so of the boat. So if they jumped on the boat, the chances are they'll be barefoot and uh, they'll cut their feet and uh, they'll scream. And uh, we also had electric vents that we put around the boat. So if they kind of grabbed hold of the rails on the boat to climb on, they would get a bit of a belt. We talked about between us using fire extinguishers and things like that as uh, a weapon and flares. And we talked about how we would behave if we were going to get attacked by pirates, assuming that we see them coming. This is. Um, if it's at night in the anchorage, we have a, a alarm system, alarm system with yeah. four sensors so on the boat, so we would know uh, if someone comes on the boat. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of things that you can do to make you feel more 
uh, in your boat. But if they get on the boat, you, you really do. Yeah, don't that's, that's yeah. It. yeah, you just got to kind of let them do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the key message here. Now, from, from the community, from what you're seeing, from what people share about these attack, what is more likely? Is it that it happens at night during the anchorage or are people being more attacked on the ocean, on the water? It's a bit of both, isn't it, really? Yeah, our friends got attacked uh, in an anchorage in Panama. In fact, they were in a small bay and they were anchored. About... It's very well documented. We know where they are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were anchored just off a police station, actually. Yeah. They, yeah, and then another guy we were speaking to, he got attacked between Grenada and Trinidad. And uh, consequently, there's a lot of boats go down to Trinidad in kind of in the middle of summer uh, months so that they can get out of the hurricane season and so the local boatyards down there started organizing for tillers and they would send a boat up and then like they would get 10 yachts to go down with them so it, you know the, the community started to work against the, the, the situation yeah. we actually uh, did a run from Grenada to Bonaire which is down the Venezuelan coast and we were around about 150 nautical miles off the coast of Venezuela, and that was deemed to be safe. So if you were going to go slightly further inshore, say 50 miles or something, then... It's more likely it's for more them likely. to come to you yeah. because they will have enough fuel, fuel to, get, to there. get there yeah. and go back. But what are these pirates? What do they look like? They've got little boats or like just more? Well, that's funny or... enough. That's something I said to uh, our friends on Sea Tramp. I said, you know, we've all heard of Pirates of the Caribbean, but did they look like pirates, you know? And they said, no, they just look like normal people. They were quite muscular people. They were wearing jeans and T-shirts. And what happened with them was that two guys swam out to the boat and then they sort of hid behind the companionway that goes downstairs. It was dark. And then another boat came up, and then this other motorboat came up. Mario heard it, came upstairs, and they grabbed him and then forced him back down inside. So they had already sort of planned it. There were six of them on the boat, mm -hmm. so uh, you're not really going to do anything against the six of you. And uh, they literally just tore the whole boat apart, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Looking for drugs. Or, they uh, they were very. Yeah, they were very drugged up. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, so that aside, obviously there's pros and cons like in anything in life. So this would be the one thing to be to be aware of for anybody listening but let's go back to on the positive note this show is all about inspiring success and you found success in living this new lifestyle you've got amazing youtube channel you're sharing this experience that you live uh, with people to, to help inspire them before we started this interview you also mentioned there's another way how you make money that is yeah. trips right yeah what we do is we offer what we call a liveaboard experience so it's uh six days uh, you come and stay on the boat as a couple and you actually uh, live like we do so it's not like you're going on a charter boat for a charter holiday uh, you actually learn everything that's involved in living this actual lifestyle so we will do all the dirty things like if the toilet packs up we have to repair the toilet uh, if we need to make water we make water if we have to change the propane bottles we do that and we show you all the things that go into it as well as some of the nice things for example like having sundowners on the beach or a beach barbecue mm -hmm. and uh, you learn basically what it is like underneath the covers to actually live on a boat yeah before you buy such an expensive uh, boat so yeah. you just go on a 
life on a week like this and then you experience and then you know if you're going to like it if you're not going to like it if you're going to yeah. get seasick or not yeah. if you're going to cope with this life so it mm. is a good option for yeah, that is definitely a good option to to do before like you said before you decide to sell the house and go all in and buy the boat so <laughs> this so it's an opportunity for them to talk to people who are living this lifestyle and learn out about checking into different countries and islands and all these sorts of things that go into it. And all the, yeah, all the little little things that you might not even consider, like you said, every country's got their own little quirks that you need to abide by, different laws, different things. How long does these trips typically last? You mentioned a week. Is that always a week or it's, do you have a... It's normally six days, so six nights on the boat, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how does that look like? People fly somewhere, they meet you at a particular yep. location, yeah, they have to transport people, to you? Well, we've had people come out to the Caribbean and mm-hmm. then they just get a taxi to uh, wherever we are. If, we it, know. if it's here in Portugal, they just go, the airport is just half an hour away yeah. from us, so yeah. it's easy, get an Uber. Then, yeah. then... We normally position ourselves really, relatively close yes. uh, to an airport. It's not like we're having people every week. It can be uh, every three weeks or something like that. So, uh, And it, we normally have just one couple on board. Yeah. So the, all the attention is focused on that couple, or yeah. what they need, what are their needs, what yeah. they want to learn. Yeah. So we are very flexible on that. Yeah. Right. So couples, no, no groups. Okay. I like it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and unfortunately, no kids either. <laughs> That's we fair enough. The boat is not prepared for kids. No. Eh? That's mm-hmm. the only yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, I like it. I like it. This is this is great. So for anybody listening right now, I think we've got a, a very appealing uh, appealing offer here. We've been able to secure you guys for for the listeners, and that is, if you want to do a trip with Carla <clears throat> and uh, and Simon then you can go onto their website, Sailing Ocean Folks. I assume at the moment you're not doing the trips because of the COVID, but you're going to be resuming well, those soon, uh, right? We are doing the trips for people that can travel here because there's a lot of people that can actually travel to Portugal and may not be able to do that from the States or Australia or something. But certainly in Europe, uh, a yeah. lot of people can come. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's already open for Europeans. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So if people visit your website, which is sailingoceanfolks.com, that's where people can go and book a week with you yeah just send us an email if you like to sailingoceanfox at gmail.com excellent and you mentioned there's a special offer for our listeners what is that yes we're going to offer a 10 (laughs) percent discount on on the week subject to them being referred by you excellent so what we're going to do just guys if you're listening to this and you're seriously considering this this is very appealing offer to experience that week with Simon and Carla. Molly, did you just mention the, the code word success inspired? So just mention that code word, code word, your list. Just mention to Simon or Carla that you're coming from the podcast, that you're a listener, and they'll look after you. Excellent. Now, what, what is the typical cost for a trip like that? Give me a range so, so people can get an idea it's of. Um, it's about $5,000 for a week. For yeah. the couple or for person? For the couple, yeah. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Now, this is great. So basically, so you've got a YouTube channel. You've got how many subscribers? At around 13,000. 13,000. So that's making enough money to pay for the fuel. That helps. Then you've got Patreon. For those of you guys yeah. listening, Patreon is a website yeah. that helps content creators unlock additional uh, content for people in exchange for the support. Is that yeah. the best way to yeah, say? That, that, that's correct. That's yeah. correct. Excellent. Yes. So then that's we have helps. our liverboard experience. Yes. And, boat, yeah. 
And also, I write some articles for magazines and uh, get a some small income from that. So that's basically how we, how we support, ourselves. support ourselves. So all that together is enough to pay for food, pay for... It's not to get rich, I guess, but it's enough to... No. Certainly not to get rich, but it means a week. Uh, we eat out about once a week, and you know we we survive. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. No, that's excellent. Now the reason I just wanted to unpack that is again, somebody might be listening, and then they not only they want to go for it for for one week with you, but they might be also considering to live this lifestyle. And I've interviewed another couple on an episode prior, a couple couple of episodes back. So it seems like there is a bit of a business model that is uh, that is similar to to people who live live this lifestyle. And that is sort of the YouTube. It's it's I think that's a great medium. You get to share it, you get to showcase what people do, doing the trips, Patreon. Is there anything else that that you've got planned or that you think could be another avenue on we haven't personally, but we meet a lot of people who through various things do actually work while they're cruising. For example, we've met a PR lady that does PR for other people from her boat. We've met a person that does computer programming. Somebody else that does marketing, IT, yeah, IT marketing. Somebody else that does social media. And we even met an investor that was playing on the stock exchange. And, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and directors of companies, there's some friends of ours yeah. from Texas. So he, he's got a haulage company in the States and he's got it all set up. So he works on, lives and works on his boat and he tells his fellow directors what to do. So there are a lot of opportunities. You tend to need a very good internet connection, yes. obviously. Yeah. And that does get more difficult when you're in uh, more remote places, put yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, now tell me, so... Sounds like you're doing uh, quite a lot of work during the day. You mentioned uh, four days out of the week you're working. Does that leave you any time to actually enjoy this lifestyle, like to just hang out, do nothing? Or oh. Maybe give us an example of your day. How does your regular working day look like? Well, our working day starts at six in the morning with a cup of coffee, and then we both do our blogs and uh, post them. So that's then gone on to about seven or something, hasn't yeah, it? 7, 30, yeah. And we have to do a mixture of going out and shooting uh, video clips uh, and doing things. We like need that. to have footage to have yeah. in order to have footage about our yeah. life. We need to live the life. Yeah. So, so you're vlogging be... in a way. It's like a vlogging style yeah, footage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then no no day is actually the same to be honest. Never. Uh, never. You know. Yeah. And then also we like to build in some exercise. We try and walk five miles every day to build in some exercise. Yeah. So it, it's very varied. It it normally rotates around the weather. If we're somewhere beautiful, then uh, we try to be outside as much as possible. If it's wet and windy, then we tend to be inside and uh, you know firing on all cylinders doing the videos and the editing work yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. and here we are a bit because it's winter time so we are a bit exposed to the wind at the moment mm-hmm. so we tend to go inland and visit museums and you know yeah. whatever they have Roman to offer. remains yeah, and whatever uh, they have like that. on offer yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah excellent yeah well you, you you that's 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 what it's all about right you want to explore the cultures explore yeah. I, I like what you said like the ability to uh, travel anywhere you want and instead of going to like a commercial resort you get to go to the villages you get to speak to locals you get to get to know their little traditional meals that 
yeah and it's just like when you want to buy something you know you ask somebody in one shop where to get it from and then they send you to another and there's a lot more interaction than that yeah and then and then they tell you a story a local story and then you start getting into the community and we found it quite interesting like you can be sort of stood at the bus stop and just people come along in their car and give you a lift you know and things like that it's it is actually very friendly i wouldn't want to put anybody off talking about pirates back there but um, on the whole everybody is very friendly that uh, we've come across and this is absolutely a wonderful wonderful lifestyle it is if you think you might think oh it's it might be rather nice i can sit on the boat and have a gin and tonic i really enjoy it when you get here and do it it is absolutely much better than that yeah yeah Yeah. now what would be the the bare minimum in terms of how much they should be looking to save up so like what would be the the, the bare minimum type of, uh, type of boat. I, I don't think for. there's an answer to that, to be honest, because it you, depends on people's lifestyle, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But we mm. see people mm. on boats which have probably cost some five thousand dollars, for example, and then you get other people on a boat which their boats cost them a million dollars, and uh, everybody seems to everybody has still has the same problems. They still have the issues over the wind, the weather, the tide, when to do a crossing, when to not crossing. It really doesn't matter how expensive your boat is. Mm. And people have different lifestyles on the boat. I mean, we, we try to work on around about $1,000 per a month, not including major maintenance on the boat and insurance. And we can live quite happily off that. But figure. we know people that live with $200. Yeah. And we know people that live with five thousand dollars so it depends on your lifestyle how much do you have to live on it how much do you work and you want it depends it's just like living in land it's the same thing exactly exactly so i think it's affordable like anything you just got to set set the set your mind to it if you're if you want to do it you'll find a way yeah exactly exactly now do you have a on your blog do you do you cover anything like that like any tips for beginners looking to venture into this or is there any videos on your channel that people can watch that i can point them towards to um if you have a look at the well there's quite a lot in the actual main program actually we do talk about if you if, if you follow the main program from the beginning you'll mm-hmm. see now that at the beginning we were actually quite inexperienced and some of the problems we were having was really just through inexperience and then by the time you get to about program 50 you would actually see that we're getting more confident about what we're doing. And then by the time we've crossed the Atlantic, for example, it's a whole different ball game. Uh, we're, we're quite on top of it. So I think that's an interesting thing to follow if you want to do a good binge watch. Yeah, and you can learn a lot from the programs. Yeah, you yes. can. And when then we've got the how-to programs, which are, is all about things like how to anchor, anchoring tips and tricks, how to put the mainsail up and put reefs in and things like that. So if you're kind of getting into this, there's a lot of information there that could be useful. And that's all on the public side on the YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on the YouTube, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Simon, Carla, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. You've really sort of gave us good insights into, into what people can expect. And this is very exciting. So I'm going to make sure that I'm going to share it all in the show notes. Any extra links that you have, feel free to send me over and I'll put it in there. I'll put your YouTube channel in there so for my listeners so they can jump in and, and, and get on those videos. Once again, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate you. I wish you a safe farewell to your next trip. And look forward to yeah, hear more from you on your adventures. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Yes. You are welcome.